everyone, and welcome to another episode of Australian Survivor Talking Tribal. Each Tuesday night, we deep dive into the biggest moves of Australian Survivor, Brains versus Brawn. I'm your host, Nathan Morris, and as always, we'll be revealing a lot of spoilers, so make sure you have watched every episode of Australian Survivor so far. If you haven't, you can catch up on Template On Demand. Later, I sit down with Luke Toki to talk more about his Survivor bucket list. Plus, Nick the Snake Idanza speaks to Castaway Gerald to find out why his choice of shoe for Survivor is a cowboy boot. Now, let's get into it. Speaking of the snake, joining us again is Nick Iadanza. Hi, Nick. Hey, Nate. Thanks for having me. I'm just going to come out and say it. My favourite week in my favourite season of Australian what? Survivor so far. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I've been in two of them. So this is it's been amazing. Favourite season. That is huge. Um, joining us, as always, and I need to get her opinion on this, is podcast host and Survivor expert Shannon Gus. Shannon, hello. Hello. What do you think about what Nick just said? Be cool, Nick. I mean, look, I would agree this was my favourite week. I love plurality votes, so, yeah, this was amazing for me. But I feel like favourite season ever... Maybe in two weeks, I feel like that would be a fair call. But how can you say that when the season's, like, not even over yet? Okay, we're going to get them to fight that out a little bit (laughs) later on. Um, I'm so excited to dive into it. But first, let's have a quick recap of what happened this week on Australian Survivor because it was huge. It's day 32 and Hayley is feeling on the outer. My only chance is to try to rebuild trust. Mm. (laughs) To lift everyone's spirits, Jonathan offers a reward like no other. Want to know what you're playing for? A KFC feast. Oh my God, I've been craving KFC. The winners dive into their feast and Danny suggests an idea. You should all start a KFC alliance. I'm serious. Flick and Gerald spill the plan to Emmett. Emmett is out of the challenge. Andrew takes out the immunity challenge and the fire tribe jumps straight into strategy mode. Emmett is brewing up a blindside, but George has other ideas. (laughs) I actually might play my not-so-hidden immunity idol for Emmett. Jonathan counts the votes. Emmett does not count. Gerald. And Gerald becomes the second member of the jury. The Fire Tribe are beginning to feel the pressure. Really hard to distinguish between what's the game and what's real. Flick hears some devastating news. I'm devastated to hear that Flick's mum has passed. I've made the decision to stay and I'm going to keep pushing on for my mum. I'm going to do her proud. At the immunity challenge, Jonathan mentions a twist. The final four people to finish this challenge today will be the only people up for elimination at Tribal tonight. (laughs) One piece left for Andrew. Yes! (sighs) Danny, Laura, Wei or Kara could be going home, but most of the tribe are set on their decision. 
This doesn't sit well with George. George plays his idol and with one vote against her name, Laura is sent to the jury. The tribe are struggling to trust George and Kara. In my opinion, they're gone. At the immunity challenge, Haley takes out the win. Congratulations. George's name is on the chopping block, but in classic George fashion, the Bankstown local pitches another idea. He's the leader of the board. He has to go. At Tribal Council, the votes are in. Emmett. And Emmett becomes the fourth member of the jury. Bring me your torch. What an emotional roller coaster! And on behalf of all of us, we want to uh, send our love to Flick and her family. Now, Flick is an amazing woman. She's amazing at this game. So let's get back to the game. Nick, the Fire Tribe is still split between Old Brains and Old Brawn Alliances. What do you think about that? See, I don't know if it, they actually are. Like, I think on the surface it might seem mm-hmm. like they are, but I think it's much more fluid than that. We've got small pockets of people voting for each other, switching. They might vote for each other one week, then work with them to vote out their other friend the next. I think it's pretty fluid. Um, and I would say that the only really consistent voting block has been George and Kara, and even they this week didn't vote together on the Gerald vote. So I think it's actually, like, quite up in the air. What do you think, Shannon? Still split? I mean, I feel like there are no real connections in the game except George and Kara that are that strong. I feel like that's what made them such a threat. And you see that people vote against each other and then work together. Some seem to stick, like Emma seemed really burned by George on the Gerald vote, but there's a pretty quick rebound rate. You see like Emmett and Danny making up and Flick and Danny making up and Haley voted out unanimously and now has options and it becomes a swing vote. So it's one of the most fluid dynamics I've ever seen. And yeah, it feels like anyone will almost work with anyone. And that's what made such a tight pair, whether they were voting together or not, seems so threatening. You know what? It is true. I feel like to survive in Survivor and get to the end, you can't really hold a grudge. Um, That's why I want to throw Andrew in here. He's getting darker and darker as he goes deeper down (laughs) into the the rabbit hole. Nick, he's entering some scary, scary territory. (laughs) Yeah, and he's a survivalist expert. So, like, I'm just imagining these shots of him, like, you know, Sharpening the machine. <laughs> yeah, he's a bare-hand he... animal catcher. I think the next animal he's going to be catching is George. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All the right. pressure. I've always said that. I've always said that the merge is nowhere near as fun as you think it's going to be, and I think we're starting to see that wear and tear on Andrew. All right, now let's talk about Haley. Right, so at the start of the week, she's like right on the bottom of the pile, yeah. and then like suddenly she's manoeuvring and 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 going through it, and like she's actually looking quite healthy in the game, which. I did not think was going to be possible for her at all. I didn't think it was an option. Shannon, how is she doing this? She just needed a crack, and she got, like, five of them in that first <laughs> vote. So once she could come up there into a majority, she, you know, has the skills, obviously, that she's used before in the game, and it's worked out really well for her to the point where she and Wei become the swing vote in the final vote, that they can go either way that they want, and I think they made the perfect decision to go with a strong four. Yes, George and Kara are so wishy-washy, but, you know, you know that, you keep an eye out for it. Worst case scenario, they put you in a minority and screw you over. But with the other side, you're definitely in a minority. 
minority. So that's much worse. I think she made a great decision and I think she's got control back. How has this happened? Um, uh, Nick, has she gotten the trust of the tribe back or is it just somebody else has stuffed up more so she's reaping the rewards? It's a little bit of that, but yeah. I actually don't think trust really matters at this point. How many people in this tribe have broken the trust of the other people? I know, it's amazing. It's like everyone. It, it, it's almost like a trust is a, is a non-factor, especially now as the numbers are dwindling. It's like, it's almost now, who can I beat at the end? Who is going to actually be able to put emotion aside and vote with me logically for mutual benefit? So I don't think you actually have to trust the people you vote with at this point. And the fact that George and Haley voted together is an indication of that. Trust is not really a must at this point. Now, we've got to talk about the Battle Royale, Royale of Emmett and Danny, right? So they're trying to like, vote each other out. Um, did George throw a spanner in the works with that whole thing, Shan? I, this move was so incredible. Like, I want to go through every part of it because... George is part of every group. There are four plans happening right here. There's the fake Haley plan that Braun are telling each other about. Possibly they're telling each other it will be a near unanimous vote again on Haley. That's plan one. George is clearly in that. Then there's the Danny's KFC alliance that goes against Emmett. She brings George into that. He's part of that. Then Emmett gets the former Braun together with George and Kara to vote against Danny with the idol. He's part of that. And then he makes his own new majority to win the day. Now, last week, they were aware of the fact that you bring George into a plan, he'll probably screw you over, spill the beans. They knew this. How is he part of every single plan to make his majority come forward, flush an idol, and win the vote? It was honestly one of the more impressive moves I've ever seen, and I loved every single part of it. And the constraint of everybody knowing that George had screwed them over and not firing the gun at them, I, I, like, that to me... I don't know if I could hold back my anger and <laughs> I'd want to have a go at them straight away, but they, but, they, but they 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 waited until the right time, do you think, Nick? I think that everyone in this game is doing a really good job of whatever happened at Tribal Council last night is, like, happened in a different dimension. Oh. We are in a new <laughs> game today. Uh, you know, even the fact that, like, Flick plays an idol to save Emmett and blindside her friend Danny and the next morning they're like, I love you okay. so yeah. much and I will never vote for you. <laughs> it's insane. They're all getting either temporary amnesia or they are just really, 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 really good liars. And what makes me really sad is when the person that is um, kicked out is so shocked by what just happened and that was Gerald, oh, his poor face. Nick, what do you think about Gerald, the move to get Gerald out by George? I feel sorry for Gerald because it's almost as if Emmett couldn't be targeted because of the idol. Flick couldn't be up targeted because of the potential she would play the idol for herself. And I think he wanted to keep Danny there to fracture Braun even further in the future. So it's almost like the, 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 the random merry-go-round of Survivor just landed on Gerald. But my main question is this. Why is George specifically targeting the Braun that he worked with at the previous tribe? Kez, mm. Gerald. Why not target the people that he hasn't worked that well with or know that well? Flick, Danny. So I think there's... Who knows the way that George's mind actually works, but it's an interesting wrinkle. These people should know him quite well, right? Do you have an idea about that, Shannon? 
He's worked, he's like known these people now for like a few, how long are they into the merge? Like quite a while into the merge. And you even see that when he leaves Danny out of the vote, when they vote out Gerald, he's like trying to bring her in again the next day. So I think even as he maybe severs relationships by sending home, you know, Kez had an idol, made her a threat. Gerald close to Emmett, he's a threat. So he's sending home threats and then hopefully working on those other relationships with people he didn't know in the pre-merge. I want to talk about a very special relationship on Survivor, and that is Kara and George. The trust and team work that they've built up together is actually quite beautiful, even though I'm sure to the rest of the tribe would be super annoying. Do you think it was the right <laughs> move for Kara to be saved at Tribal, or should George have kept that idol for himself, Shan? I mean, my mantra is you always take an ally in a relationship over an idol. I really hope that's how people view the game, even moving into more modern eras of Survivor. Like, how can you even quantify what Kara means to George? She's eyes and ears on the ground for him. She's a vote that's going to vote with him every time. She's someone who, if she, you know, she now has an idol now, but she has protected him in the past, she might save him further down the road. So that relationship is so key. And yes, when you know they're not even splitting the vote and all the votes are coming to her, and you can even try and make it anonymous, to me, it is a no-brainer that you saved your best friend in the game. Oh, on paper, that was so smart. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I've always had that belief. I mean, if you look back at All Stars, there's a reason why I fought so hard for Shoddy not to get voted off because of what she provided for me in camp. Whereas um, I think that too many people are so willing to cut their allies. Uh, just look at what Danny did to Simon. Simon ha and has infinitely... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one consistency Infinite. in this whole yeah. season is Danny cutting her two threatening allies and failing at it, kind of. I think that what George did wrong, perhaps, was not keep the idol for himself. Is that as soon as he found that key, he should have taken it to Kara and said, Kara, yes. here is this key. This is what you need to do. I'm not going to have any part of it. I I want to be, be able to have, like, complete plausible deniability here. And I think that he should have recognised that Kara doesn't have a very good poker face, especially if you're not going to tell her what's going to happen. There's no way that she's going to be able... You're going to be able to pretend she was the one who did it when she's sitting at tribal going, oh, my God, like, what just happened? That is the point where George blew up his game, I feel, because you, she was shocked. So then afterwards you can't go back and say, oh, Kara knew what she was doing. Like, yeah, Shannon, yeah. that was a big misstep. I think probably one of the first big missteps of George. No, I mean, I agree that she did clearly look shocked. Even if he'd given her the key, there were other signals they were picking up on. Like, for example, that split happy George wasn't trying to split the vote on her. So I think they would have always known he was in on it. But yes, she definitely looked shocked. Um, he covered for it well in the next vote. Now he's back in power, but it was dicey. But counter Nick... Do you remember that Kara did accidentally vote out Danny? Like, maybe he didn't trust her with the plan. And we're still talking about it, you know? Like, we're still thinking about it. So I do agree, yeah. give it to her. But he didn't seem to think he could really trust her with such a big plan. Now, Yeah, and part of it's probably also that, like, you want that little moment, you know? You, you, <laughs> like, he's a huge fan. He wants to be able to sneak in under everyone's noses, open up the, the voting table. Like, that's such a cool moment. Now, um, I want to move on to, like, Hayley, right? Hayley is amazing. Look at her journey, right? And then she, combined with Wei, had the decision on whether to get rid of Emmett or get rid of George. So just full respect to the power swing that Hayley has done in a short time. Do you think she made the right decision going after Emmett rather than going after George? 
Yeah, I mean, as I said, I definitely think that this was the right decision. As she even says in her voting confessional, Emmett isn't even trying to pretend that she's part of anything meaningful, you know, that they're going to go to the five and fight it out against all the challenge beefs is not really a deal that I would be taking. So I do think that, yes, there's a second part to this move, and that is trying to keep an eye on George and Kara, maintaining that and getting ahead of them if they're trying to get you first. But I definitely think for now, this was the move. And, and George did well here too, I think. He's like, this would be your move. And I agree that that is legitimate. Whereas going along with Emma's plan, that's not really their move. I do believe that this is something that they could take credit for and add it to the resume. I tell you what, this is exactly what the series was um, named after, wasn't it? Because it was either vote out brains or brawn. The ultimate brawn, which is Emmett, the challenge beast, and I feel like the ultimate brains, which is George, the political power player. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I think that's a good way to summarise it. I, I believe they made the right decision, and I think it's because I'm looking ahead to the finale. Who do I want to sit next to? Yeah. I think that Emmett did a really poor job, actually. I think he telegraphed the fact that George is actually now really disliked. He basically told him that he doesn't want George to win. And then George himself in the voting confessional had this big obnoxious, and I've done it, that's why I know it's obnoxious, where you <laughs> yell out who you vote for. Those, those kind of things rub people the wrong way. So if I'm Haley, I'm picking up on all these signals and going, OK, George, jump on my back. Let's go to the final tribal council. There is no way these old Braun members are going to want to give you the vote because you screwed them so hard and they don't really like you that much anymore. All right, we have unpacked so much, I don't even think that I put that much in my luggage. Coming up after the break, Nick chats to the challenge beast Emmett about his survivor experience. So, stay tuned. We are back with the latest person booted from Australian Survivor, Brains versus Braun Emmett. Yes. Sad to see you here. How are yep. you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it, you know. I'm, I'm proud of how far I've made it. Yep. Um, you know, I'm proud of my exit strategy mm -hmm. of trying to formulate a physical alliance and the fact that Haley and Wade dogged me because they wanted to play with the weaker players is kind of what I expected. So can you tell me a little bit about, about uh, why you applied for Survivor? Well, I applied for Survivor because I love... a freaking good challenge <laughs> and um, you know I've done a lot of crazy things in my time and um, you know going through you know Ironman triathlons swimming to an island off the coast of WA and uh, training to be a plant-based Superman um, I thought that this would be the ultimate challenge you know um, basically putting myself to the you know the ultimate test of the world's toughest game you know being out in the outback um, you know, being around a bunch of lunatic humans 24-7. Um, Are you one of these lunatic humans? I human? am definitely <laughs> a lunatic human. <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, yeah. uh, there's two sides to, to me, um, and that's why I created the alter ego of the plant-based Superman. Talk to, to me um, about two sides. Did, did, you, did you feel that in the game people were able to see both of those sides? Oh, 100%, man. I think that it's quite clear that when I was like... When I was chilling in camp, you know, I was kind of keeping to myself and keeping quite chilled and, um, you know, doing my meditation and my, um, you know, relaxation away from um, all the chaos. And then when the challenges came, it was like, bang, 
Boom! Super mode, man on. <laughs> Superman mode's on, you know. Can't so, argue with that. So that's uh, that was my that was my strategy, and that's how I've approached lots of things in my life. Were you a fan of the show before you came out to play? 100%, man. I love this game. I love the show. Um, I love everything about it. And um, it was just a, a great opportunity to, to really push myself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and uh, come out with some epic personal growth. Who are some of the players that you've looked to in the, in the past as like models for how you played? I really love the way that Lee played the game. Um, I think that he played with so much like... Uh, like a gentleman's approach, you know, honesty, integrity, and I tried to, I tried to do that as much as possible. Yep. But you know, this game's bred for deceit and lies, and which Lee has, yeah, since realised. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that you know, you need to. It changes so quickly, so you can be honest with one person, yeah. but then you find out some information, and the next minute you're dogging them. So it's like, you know, I tried to play with that kind of um, integrity, and uh, and that's sort of what I based my game on. Now that we've, you know, unpacked all that. Would you do it again? <laughs> You're going to get this question for the rest of your life, buddy. Let me tell you. Would I do it again? Oh. If you ask me in a couple of months. If you're toying with the idea, that's a yes. <laughs> From personal experience, oh, when, when the phone call comes running, yeah. it's really hard to say Ask no. me in a couple of months or a year or ten, I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, Emmett, thank you so much for chatting with me. I think we got some really good info there. And Amazing. good luck making your decision for the final tribal. It's going to be an epic one, I reckon. It's going to be good. Can't wait. Welcome back. We just heard from Challenge Beast Emmett wearing an avocado shirt, mind you, in the Jewelry Villa. Now, Emmett lost some of his power in the tribe. I want to know, how did he go from being on top of the tribe to sitting in the minority? Shannon, break that down for us. Well, he lost immunity. I think that's the big thing, you know, like he was yeah. immune the whole time and he's such a big target. And actually, I'm kind of impressed that he had so many things in place to protect him from that first photo of going home right there. And he had some key loyal allies and Flick and Gerald giving him information and an idol so that he could survive through to hopefully win more challenges. But he was always going to, you know, have a huge target on his back when he was vulnerable. And it really just was that epic move from George that completely depowered him. And then he had to claw his way back. And once he was vulnerable, again George came through again to get the swing boats in and put in that final nail in the coffin so tough one for Emmett with George this week I always I, I never thought that he would lose a immunity challenge but I always thought his charisma was going to save him what did you think Shan or did you thought no the target was coming I think, you know, once you're that big a threat, like, they will come for you eventually. So, yes, his relationships helped him along quite a bit of a way, more than I thought they would, but there were other, obviously, key relationships happening, and he is a huge target. Well, he is an alpha player, yeah. isn't he, Nick? Yeah, well, look, having met him, he has a natural charisma. He's almost like Jim Carrey in The Mask, the way he's always just like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. But, like, <laughs> that is he's actually a really fun guy to be around, and I can see why people, like, defaulted to him and uh, and listened to him and kind of went with him as the leader. I, I really like him. I think he's great. OK, well, let's talk about Danny then um, voting out the alpha. Um, uh, what do you think about her gameplay in that situation? Well, I'm struggling with Danny because she, she provides great TV moments because she is impulsive and she's got big move-itis. She just wants to make big moves. But if we look back, how many of her moves recently have actually worked? And I'm kind of concerned that she is just doing them to do them and to make good TV. But I don't know if she's got an end game. Like, I don't quite know 
if each move is thought out in of itself. And I think of her at the KFC reward, she seemed almost drunk, like that she was willing drunk to just kind chicken. of like, yeah, drunk on popcorn chicken, chicken, just willing to blurt out like, hey. The KFC alliance. We, yeah, should yeah. we do this? And the, I think while I like people kind of like, you know, all right, this is the group I'm with, let's make something happen. It felt really odd to bring that up in mixed company. Like you brought that up in front of brains where you haven't even cleared it with your brawn tribe mates yet. Perhaps pull them aside to one side and say, hey, should we pitch getting rid of Emma? Have a think, eat a popcorn chicken, and then we'll pitch it in five minutes. It was just like, hey, everyone, here's this plan I just thought of. Come one, come all. What do you think, Shan? I mean, I would agree that there's a lot of big move-itis going on. She's very consistent in trying to vote out her allies when they become threatening. Obviously, she did that with Simon, took away possibly his protection with his idols. And she's done the same now with Emmett, who was like a day one ally and provides so much stability for her in a very fluid game. So I don't know that the timing was right. I know that he's a huge threat, but I think you still had time to take it a little further with him and kind of ride that wave, that broad, strong wave. And I would also say that the approach was wrong because the read on Gerald and Flick that they would want to do that was completely off and they just ran straight back to him. So I you know, really like Danny as a character. I think she's rebounded well off that move and off some of the other moves as well, especially the Simon move, better than I thought she would have. But I think these are very dicey um, moves that she's making and she's trying to replace key relationships with Simon and Emmett that she has with other relationships that don't come through for her. So that's pretty troubling. Yeah, I get that. Um, uh, Nick, you said earlier on that you thought that Danny was KFC drunk. I think that she was both KFC drunk and then also she had a chaser of Isuzu D-Max. That was amazing <laughs> getting in a car. Now, as we know, survivors have hardly had any clothes to choose from in the outback. So Nick spoke to Gerald and Laura to find out what essentials they packed for their Survivor experience. Let's take a look. All right, we are here in the Jury Villa with the wonderful Laura and the equally wonderful <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> the equally wonderful Gerald. Uh, we are talking all about what the hell do you pack for Survivor? So packing for Survivor should be easy, right? You don't get to really bring anything with you. I found it one of the more difficult things that has happened both times. So I would love to hear from you guys. What is it that you brought with you into the game and why? We'll start with you, Laura. All right, well... I was trying to think, you know, things that really took to my personality. Yep. So I had my Save the Whales t-shirt. Perfect. Which amazingly lasted the test of time, which was pretty cool. And I had some denim shorts, so that was kind of my day one outfit. Classic. Um, that, you know, I'm a beach person, that was me. And I had this flano which ended up being my jumper. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope that you wore something underneath that. I think this was one of my favourite items. Okay, what is it? Look, it's a sarong. It was multi-purpose. It became the fart sack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what, pray tell, is a fart sack? <laughs> so I would sleep in this at night time. It was like a little blanket. And then <laughs> Joey and Georgia would sleep in it too. Uh -huh. So it became the communal fart sack. Oh, nice. And yeah. then whenever you go to tribal to see Jonathan, you feel like you should get extra fancy. So I would then wear the fart sack as a dress <laughs> and then come back to camp and sleep in the fart sack. Okay. So wearing it to tribal, um, it becomes a little bit of a metaphor of where the game went for you in the end? Absolutely. It just went 
right down the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, Gerald, you've got some really interesting stuff over here. Talk to me about your choices and why you made them. Uh, well, my day one outfit, I had a uh, pair of Thomas Cook moleskins. Best thing to have in the outback, no dirt, no dirt in my boots, high okay. top boots. Right, okay. I'm yeah, learning things here because I probably would have gone for shorts, no? Yeah, no, so I had my high top areas and the beauty about boots, hard soles. So art support with hard soles. Art <laughs> <beams>. support. <laughs> balance beams. No flex. So you just walk straight over a balance beam. No worries at all. Your feet don't bend. You don't. Beautiful. I feel like you've got shares in this company. Yeah. You, you may be the only person in Survivor history who has considered arch support. And, arch and, support. and, and I, you know what? I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Okay, so what do you wish you did differently then? Uh, well, I, I also wore a long sleeve Thomas Cook shirt. Okay, wait. With, with my with my pants as my day one outfit. I'm so belt. confused. So, like, weren't you hot? Not at all. Cool. See, the, the beauty about it, it wicks the sweat away, being yeah. out in the bush. That's exactly what you want. So, okay. and, and I kept clean underneath okay. it. Yeah, long right. sleeves, long pants. No sunburn? No, none. Okay, so I think what I'm learning here is that if anyone is ever going to go on Survivor again, just hit up Gerald. <laughs> doesn't matter who you are, country, no, just this, the, he, he'll give you all the tips. Thank you so much for showing us all your artifacts and revealing okay. everything that we have learned about the game. And um, good luck trying to survive the rest of uh, Drew Villa. You're welcome. Oh, I'm in the fart sack. (laughs) Guys, I think that's a good place to end it. See you back there. Now, last week, I spoke to Luke Toki about his ultimate survivor bucket list. Let's chat to Luke again to hear more about his own survivor goals and his experience in the jungle. Hey, Luke. I know. Hey, last week we went through some of your biggest Survivor achievements. So we've got more questions from the Go Bucket List brought to you by KFC, which you've already started. I have. Thank you so much for offering me some popcorn chicken. No, it's okay, Luke. I'm fine. Um, I'm going to randomly pick out some questions and you can tell me if you've managed to achieve um, any of these. Okay. All right. Hit me with the questions. All right. I'm going to hit you with a good one. No, I'm fine. I don't need a chip. That's fine. Um, okay. Oh, Jury Villa. Did you ever make it to Jury Villa? <laughs> Sadly, I did twice. twice. Uh, I really thought I was going to win that last season. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I ended up in Jury Villa. And it's it's bittersweet. You know, you get a warm shower. You get to eat whatever you want. Yep. It's unlimited. But you also know that you're out of the game. And you have lost that prize money, which would help you out. Okay. Okay, but like being able to eat anything you want after being on rations, exciting, yes? yes? Oh, it's it's super exciting. Okay, Um, being in a shower and like getting hot water and soap, was that a thrill? uh, Yes, it was. Uh, Look, the you get an exit feed, yeah, which is probably the highlight because you do walk out the um, jungle and you're you know. You, you, you've got, you're wearing rags, you're skinny, and you have an unlimited amount of food to eat with the rest of the tribe mates, uh, and you have a lot of stories to tell. It's just like what we have with KFC. Unlimited KFC here during this segment. For Luke. <laughs> Not for you. I don't have I'll any. I'll give you some, but... No, no, I'm busy. Okay, what's it like going to tribal council as a member of the Jury Vela um, versus a tribe member? What's that like? Well, you're sitting beside people that smell a lot nicer. Mm. You're, uh, they're dressed a lot 
Okay. Everyone comes in very swanky, their yeah. hair's done. Oh, it, yeah. it's uh, look. So I've I've been on both sides, and and when you're sitting there and you right down to the end of the numbers, and you you're four people left in a uh, in the game, and you're looking at the jury, and everyone looks you know like beards are shaved, yeah. hairs cut, they're wearing nice clothes, and as much as you'd love to be on that side. Deep down, it's not where you want to be. Yeah. You okay. need to be in the game. Yeah. And as hard and hard as it is, yeah, you don't want to be injured. All right. Um, uh, how do you vote for the sole survivor? What is it that you're looking for? Uh, look, Fairness, gameplay, what is it? Everyone has their own opinion. Yeah. My opinion is I love to see a bit of survival instinct uh, from the players. Yeah. Uh, someone that is at least... Put the effort in to try to make the shelter. Put the effort into um, collect wood, um, try to provide for the tribe, and also just uh, you know just be a good tribe member. Like I've always thought of that that as a um, a prerequisite yeah. as a for a winner. Um, I also look for good strategy and strategy that's not just based on luck. You know, luck is total separate separate of the game. But when you have a chance to make a move that you've gone out on a limb to be the leader, to take control of the game, to be up the front because everyone knows as soon as you take control of the game, it's normally two or three votes and you're getting voted out because people look at you as a threat. So my personal opinion is a lot of things to base it on and survival is definitely highly up there where a lot of others would prefer just strategy okay. and certain things. So, All right. Yeah. Next one, next one. You answered that well. Yeah, thanks. All right, um, okay. Uh, oh, did you learn to fish on Survivor? Uh, look, I uh, I didn't learn to fish on Survivor. They give you a lot less things to work with out in Survivor. I do love the ocean. I'm huge on um, fishing, snorkeling. You called you called Aquaman but, back but, in WA. Exactly, but Sorry. fishing in you know in at home is I go to the service station. And I pick up some frozen bait and I put it in the, the car and I drive and fish. There you need to catch the bait. Yeah. So it's a little bit harder. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, that's my... Fishing for me is just fish fingers in the oven. <laughs> is fishing on Survivor different to fishing in the real world? Well, obviously well, it is because you've got no equipment. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the service station is right there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder out oh. there. And especially, I don't know, with the Outback, that's a total different game changer. It's, it's, you know, you, you're fishing out of a pond. Oh, there. mate, they've chucked in like 10 fish and just hope they're going to last the entire series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Gavin Wanganin told me that um, by the time he was out, he reckons there was two fish, fish left in that pond. So. I'd send him into the water and he'd sure he'd be able to kick one out. <laughs> now, OK, this is a good one. Did you learn to build a shelter on Survivor? Were you strategic in the building of your shelter at your tribe or did you just watch? No, nah, listen, I was, Nath, because I've actually um, done a trade in carpentry. Really? Um, no, no, just joking. Oh. No, no, but I have learnt a lot of knots um, back in the day because I was in Boy Scouts. Oh, really? No, I was just joking again. Oh. No, no, not at all. Listen, I got out there, I got involved. I don't know much, but I sat there and, uh, and gave a good... Uh, hand to the rest of my tribe mates, and we built a quite a, you know, it's, you know definitely wouldn't want to live there forever, but it was okay. Really? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how do you build a shelter that survives the elements? Well, Clon mm. Curry's a bit different, isn't it? That's a, that's a bit of a different beast than what um, the island was for you. But yeah. what is it? It's all about thatching roofs with leaves. What is it? Oh, look, you know, um, the, the one thing is uh, they really say the first things are shelter, yep. 
uh, fire, and then food or whatever. So, yeah. you know, water, obviously, you need. But the reasons why is because when the weather comes in, that is always going to be the hardest part of the game. And in uh, the outback, you know, you need to get out of the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's their issue. You know, I'm not too sure whether the weather came through on their season yet, but the weather, if, if it's raining and it's stormy and it's windy, you need to get out of the, the wind yeah. uh, because the icy cold breeze will cut you in half and you would want to leave the game. You know, you need to keep your fire going and especially in those conditions, it's like, it is do or die. We, we were out in um, Samoa and I've, I've said this, multiple times across podcasts and everything I was like it was it felt like six days of us just trying to stay alive yeah like, and, and that's no joke like the toughest of the toughest you've got SAS members that are really saying it, it was it was really struggle street you, you don't have jumpers you don't have anything it's it is it is rough out there I just like, that must be so frustrating to experience that and then there be camera crew I'm starving! Yeah, they are wearing their wet weather gear. They don't talk to you. They are just filming you uh, while you are, like, you know, close to death. (laughs) But that's what makes it the greatest game on earth. All right, quick last one. All right. right. Oh, this is a good one. All right. right. Okay. So many contestants talk about Survivor being on their bucket list. Was being on Survivor a bucket list item for you? Do you know what? I, I never grew up with bucket list items. I just kind of, you know, did my thing. And now I have played and, I, and I've, um, you know, I've done it. And I can, I can now really clearly understand why a lot of people have Survivor on the bucket list thing. You know, we grow up with a lot of, um, you know, we, we can just go get KFC. You know, we can go uh, yeah. dr- through the drive-thru and get food. We can, we can live quite comfortably. And everyone has that, that feeling that you want to test yourself. You know, you can really push yourself to limit, and Survivor does that. You know, it teaches you uh, well, it, that you need to have resilience, you need to be able to, you know, deal with the harsh environments. And I just, I really believe that, um, I've said it to so many people over the years now, is that apply, 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 yeah. because you know, the mother at home that looks after her kids to the minor to, you know, the, the big CEO, it, you will always get something out of it. There's a very small group of people in the world that can call themselves survivors, and, and that's even if you're the first boot or you've won it. You've all sat there and put your hand up to do something that's completely out of the ordinary to try and test yourself, and I've really, like... Yeah, I love anyone that has done it. So, yeah, um, yeah bucket list. No, bucket list for me was meeting Luke Toki. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, huge. Right. That was a huge tick yeah, off the yeah, list. Yeah, I had something else to do. <laughs> um, that's all we have time for with the Go Bucket List game. Luke, thank you for playing. Thanks, Nate. You're amazing. Let's take a moment now and we'll see you after the break. Luke, can I have a chip, please? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> it landed in the bucket. <laughs> That's all net, baby. It's all net. Oh, no. It's almost time for us to go, but first we need to award an imaginary trophy. Nay, the stick of destiny. Nay, the rock of justice. To the biggest <laughs> play of the week. Nick... Where's your rock going? Okay, so um, I, I was thinking to give it to Haley for her amazing bounce back, but um, I want to give it to someone else. I'm going to give my award to Way because I think that Way has been pivotal in a lot of votes. She doesn't quite get the fanfare 
but I think she's she's right in there. It wasn't just Haley making that swing. And I think that someone like Andrew, when he says, uh, Way, how are we splitting the votes? I think that's a nice little insight into the way in which people um, appreciate what she can provide them strategically, but they also trust that she is going to make the right decision. Um, but, yeah, shout-out to Haley for putting herself in that majority. We spoke about the anatomy of a split, split vote uh, a couple of weeks ago. She put herself in the majority so that she could swing it to then vote out Emmett. So um, special mention, but I'm going to give it to my girl, Way. All right, Shannon, the rock's in my hand. I'm passing it to you. Who's it going to? I'm going to have to give it to George, but especially for that first move of the week. It was just so cool that he could be included in every plan and have the strategic foresight to make it work. I absolutely loved it. He plays big. He plays hard. It gets a little dicey, but he's covered it so far, and he's still there. And imagine telling yourself on night one, episode one, after he played that advantage, that we would be going into week seven with George still there in a majority <laughs> of a pretty incredible week of strategy. So King George, take the crown. Take a rock, you deserve it. Well, this is why you two are experts. Why? What? What? Just to add, sorry, mm -hmm. I don't know how we haven't said this yet, but George and Kara go into next week with an idol that they didn't play. Like, that takes cojones, and they didn't play it. <laughs> so if we had told ourselves this at the beginning of the season, no one would have ever believed how? us. So. Yeah. Amazing. How? What is life? Ridiculous. Well, look, I have to agree with you guys. Um, I think I'm going to have to make the rock of justice into three pebbles of power. Um, firstly, um, we've got Haley. I mean, for getting back on top and making decisions again. Unbelievable. We've got Way for getting to where she is by doing not too much, really, which I respect because that's what I'm all about. And then <laughs> George, not because of his gameplay, but simply because he licked Danny's pocket when she had KFC <laughs> in there. It was the best pocket lick I've ever seen. Amazing. A big thank you to Shannon, Nick and Luke. Keep watching Australian Survivor Sundays, Mondays and Tuesdays at 7.30 on 10. Now, get ready for a little sneak peek of what's to come on Australian Survivor. Last night at Tribal Council... Haley and I flip. That move last night certainly ruffled some feathers around camp. Right now, I think Andrew has felt like I have burnt him one too many times. How are you feeling about your traitorship? <laughs> I, I feel, oh, do, do you know what? I feel like I, I feel that people don't change. I think it'll be pretty tricky for Andrew to want to trust me again. Haley, every time. Yeah, she's. I'll never trust her again, ever. That's it. Done. The competition is totally wrapped up. People have stopped thinking, I need to stick to my alliance, and now they're realising this is an individual game. So we've got to start thinking about who we want to sit next to at the end.